Well, we are in the middle of our series on discipleship based on the Gospel of Luke. And each week we focused on a word that highlights different aspects of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. The first week we talked about the challenges that many of us have when it comes to following. It's not just you, Lisa. Last week we discovered that in order to be disciples, we need to stay connected to one another. We learned that the kingdom of God might really be called the kingdom of God because of our interconnectedness. That vulnerability we bring to relationships is what makes them authentic. And and this is what brings about the kind of change that Jesus wants for his disciples. Um, That raw authenticity is is often depicted in those uh, teenage coming-of-age movies. You know the ones I'm talking about? uh, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Juno, but there's so many good ones. Um, but these are all about understanding and accepting yourself for who you are. And, and this is hard. Uh, these characters try to fit in, but often don't. And, and we can relate because we know what it's like to be the outsider. Trying to accept ourselves while at the same time craving the acceptance of others. And this brings us to today's message, which is about making peace with ourselves by responding to God's love. It's the third installment in our series about discipleship, and our word for the day is responding, specifically responding to God and His love and grace. So today's gospel story is not so different from those coming-of-age movies, except it's more like Mean Girls or Heather's. It's, it's a story about a guy who has it all. He's an attorney, an expert in religious law, successful by anyone's standards. He had power, money, prestige. He was well-educated. He was a family man with a good life. Now, he was supposed to be a leader, modeling righteous living, having the kind of relationship with God that was so good that it it just kind of oozed out into everything he did. But something wasn't quite right. You see, this lawyer didn't have that kind of life, and he wasn't at peace with himself at all. His problem was religion. You see, religion is all about trying to justify ourselves. It's about following rules that we think will make us acceptable to God and other people. It's about striving, working, trying. It's pretty much the opposite of responding. And this man made his living peddling religious laws. If if you do this, God will love you. If you do that, uh, not so much. Religion is about trying to justify our very existence, making it impossible to be at peace with ourselves or anyone else for that matter, because we're always trying to do more. We can't get off that that cycle. A good portion of the Bible is actually about the failures of religion. Starting back in the Garden of Eden, do you remember when Adam was confronted with his sin? He tried to justify himself, right? He said, God, no, it was that woman, that woman you gave me. And Eve, when she was confronted, 
trying to justify herself? It was the serpent. He deceived me. When was the last time you tried to justify yourself? If you're like me, I do it often. Um, was it because of a mistake or a moral failure? Was it because of a lifestyle of excess and greed? Maybe it was because you just aren't at peace with who you are and you don't really know why. To be accepted, we seek justification through rules, whether society's rules or religious rules. It doesn't really matter. We do so with the hope of receiving love. People who mess up and um, are perceived to be too different, people who refuse to conform are punished and made to live on the fringe of society. It's a hard place to live. Nobody wants that. So we do our best to, fit, to try and fit in, to conform, <laughs> to cover up who we really are. It's all about self-preservation. So the lawyer comes to Jesus to prove his own self-worth, not to ask an honest question. And Jesus responds with a story about a guy who was beaten, robbed, and left for dead. Now the law was very clear. Leviticus 5 said that even accidentally touching a dead body made a person unclean. That person couldn't go to temple, couldn't participate in social events, couldn't do anything until they um, admitted their sin and made a sacrifice for it. Until that time, that person was a temporary outcast. Jesus and the lawyer both knew this to be the case. But then Jesus tells about a guy now known as the Good Samaritan who does stop to help. And Samaritans were considered irreligious by the Jews. So it's not surprising to the lawyer that the Samaritan would stop and touch a possibly dead body. He was already an outcast. What difference did it make? I wonder if the lawyer was aware of, that his questions revealed a heart full of fear. Um, I wonder if he realized how far his life was from really loving God and loving his neighbor. Because you see, the point of the law was love. And the God who is love was behind every rule. The law was supposed to help connect people to God. It was supposed to show us the way. It was supposed to teach us that God is love, and that perfect love casts out all fear. If someone truly loves God, that person will love their neighbor, even if the neighbor is an enemy. You can't love God without loving your neighbor, and you can't truly love your neighbor without loving God. They go together. But somehow the lawyer missed all this. Too focused on himself, too focused on protecting his position in life, he didn't realize that there is no way to justify ourselves before God. It's impossible. But I love the compassionate way Jesus confronts the lawyer's addiction to religion and approval seeking. He tells a story about two people who are just like the lawyer, slaves to self-justification 
two people who lived in fear of being rejected by God and others. But then he told about a guy who was free. A guy who, ironically, truly knew what it meant to love God and love his neighbor. The story Jesus tells shows the difference between two people desperately trying to stay in the lines and a guy who has accepted the fact that he lives well outside those lines. The Samaritan doesn't live by the rules, and that's okay with him. He's the hero of the story because he's free. He doesn't need to try to justify himself because he is known and loved by God, just as he is. He depends on God for mercy, grace, and even his very identity. And as a result, he can respond by loving God, or excuse me, loving others with the unconditional love that he has received from God. It doesn't matter that society has rejected him. He is completely at peace with who he is as he responds to God's grace. It's the resolution we look forward to at the end of all of those coming-of-age movies. The underdog's going to be all right. And when we learn to accept who we are, we are set free to have the abundant life that God wants for us. This is the good news. Jesus set us free from trying to prove our own self-worth. He set us free from religion and self-loathing. He set us free from making others prove themselves to us. He set us free so we could truly be at peace with ourselves and each other. And he set us free so we could simply respond by loving God and loving others, just like the Samaritan. Then, of course, Jesus says, go and respond likewise. <laughs>